fantastic. Great to see everyone here. I'm going to have a uh, talk today, which I hope is um, blessedly brief. And uh, it's got a French title. Not often do I launch into French accents, guys, so I have to translate it for you. The title of this talk is uh, Circus Réal. Wow. Sounded French, but it can't have been. Circus Réal means the surreal circus. Huh? Surreal circus. Interesting, uh, Wendy and I were coming back home shopping the other day. We had the kids, we parked the car, and you get out as you do to unload the shopping. And uh, a neighbour from a couple of doors up came across to us, and he had two tickets. No, he had four tickets. My maths is a bit like Hannah's used to be. He had four tickets, and uh, he said, um, would you like some free tickets? Now, nothing in life is free, is it? Uh, we said, okay. And there were four tickets to a circus. Now, when had I last been to a circus? Probably that high, okay? Uh, and uh, he thought, this is great. Four free tickets to a local circus. Well, that is three members of the family who thought it was great. Wendy, Ben and Becky. Dad was like, oh, I wanted to cut the lawns. I wanted to do this, I wanted to do that. Why don't we go to the circus for? But we went to the circus. You can tell who's in authority in the family. But uh, we went to the circus. And the circus was called Circus Surreal, the surreal circus down at Sandown Park. And uh, the neighbour uh, where he worked, uh, he was advertising the circus, and they were giving away free tickets. So we had free tickets. And we arrived. And uh, it was surreal. And it was very surreal. Very surreal because... <coughs> Half the people, I would say, were French, very French, and the other half were from Manchester. And that's a very surreal mixture, okay? So I knew we were into something very special straight away. Let's go to Galatians uh, 1. Galatians chapter 1. Right over there, one of the letters from Paul, the church of Galatia. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10. We're going to talk today about the quality that we have as Christians. And we're going to compare it to this circus. So hold on to your hat. And verse 10, Paul says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. That is spiritually surreal. Now what does surreal mean? Surreal actually means superreal. Surreal means above reality, beyond reality, and yet still existing. So, that is a surreal or super-real statement. What Paul is reminding the Galatians is that he got hold of something that was nothing to do with man. This was beyond man. This was super to man. 
this was of Christ. Now the Galatians seem to have forgotten that. That it slipped out of their grasp. That being a Christian is something surreal. It's something super real. It's something beyond reality. It's something beyond man. And Paul is hammering at them to remind them that what they discovered is more than just fantastic. It's beyond the wildest dreams of man. In verse 12 he says, For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by the revelation, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Now Paul is now going to say, look at my life. My life is surreal too. I used to be someone who attacked Christians. I used to be someone who persecuted Christians beyond measure. I laid waste that church and I did it deliberately. And I was good at it. And I've got blood on my hands. But I have been utterly, utterly transformed beyond my wildest dreams. In verse 14, And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. He said to the Galatians, Can you imagine the transformation that I've been through? I was a scholar in the Jewish religion. I was not only a scholar, I was a whiz kid. I was a stormtrooper. I was one of the, the prodigies of the Sanhedrin, the council. I was a man marked out for great things among the Jewish elite. I had the world at my feet. And I was already showing my mettle. I was getting rid of this little cult, this sect, this thorn in the side of Israel. Now look at me. I've done a complete about face. This is super real. This is above man and the thinking of man. You know, when we, um, we got to the circus, I hadn't been to the circus for years, there was a big top, there was a big top, big stripy top, and, and there's, um, all the wagons and things and caravans parked outside. And we went and we got, we walked in to this uh, circus, into the big top. And it's got a kind of a foyer. And it's like you enter another world. Outside it was sort of grey and stormy and you know, a bit of a typical October day. And we walked in and it was completely different. It was like it sealed off. We entered into another country. And the people and we later found out that this is apparently what marks them out, were quite different from a lot of circuses. Their main emphasis was on making you feel welcome. They even had plant pots, and you know, potted plants, and uh, flowers at the entrance. And you walked in, and they walked up, and they greeted you. And um, you could get coffee. I like that. <laughs> you could get coffee over there, and there were people sitting down. And the, the circus people were just walking in among the children and their parents as they arrived, talking to them, greeting them. When we spoke to the man at the end, he said, that's our trademark. We're welcome. You've come into a community. And shouldn't that be the mark of Christians? Super real people. That when you walk in among them, it's like the world is out there. 
What's it say along the corridor? Did you read that notice along the corridor? There's a little notice pinned on the wall. It says, um, rather mysteriously, look outside the window. That is the rest of the world. Bit of a truism, but it's like when we walked into this circus, the world was out there, in a natural sense. And when we went and we sat down, there was nothing like it was outside. They had special lighting effects, they had music playing, it was nice and warm and snug, and they were still walking around and talking <coughs> and chatting, some in French accents, some in Mancunian accents. And they were, you got this whole sense that they were a different community. Because circuses are, aren't they? Notice about circus folk, they, they, they have no place to hang their hat. You know, they, they don't have a, a city that is theirs, or a town that is theirs, or they are wanderers. And therefore they stick close together. And isn't that like Christians? The Lord says, the Bible says that uh, we seek another country. We're looking for a heavenly city, not one on earth. That we are strangers in a strange land, passing through. We're like a circus community that welcomes people in. says, look what we've got. Look what we've got to show you. We are special. We are the happy wanderers. If we read on in Galatians 1, it says in verse 15, But when it pleased God, he separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Now those verses, Paul is compressing in to those verses the sort of about face that he took. The important thing is that it wasn't his decision. The important thing that he's saying there is that when he became a Christian, it wasn't that he had decided, right, I'm going to find out what's going on here. What is the truth of the matter? God chose him. He didn't choose God. God chose him. He was heading in completely the wrong direction. You often find that most people who say they are searching for God are actually heading in the wrong direction. God chooses them and switches them round. That's why we have the word repent. You must turn around. You must go back the other way. Walk away from your old way of life. And be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying here, it pleased God who called me by his grace. That's surreal. You know, we're taught that in the world, you make out of life what you put into it. You go out there and grab hold of life with both hands and take life for yourself and build yourself up and get your fortune and you've seen the movie. You've read the book. The Bible says the opposite. The Bible says you are called by the grace of God. You are called, you are chosen like a shepherd calls a lost sheep and brings it back. The sheep was wandering, the shepherd found it. 
and brought it home. And it says, summarize it, in verse 23, that they heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God in me. In other words, there was no other explanation. That is why the disciples, who used to be terrified of Paul, the apostles who feared the mention of his name, now glorified God in him, because they saw that only God could have done it. When people speak in tongues, it's a miracle. When people come along and they pray for the Holy Spirit and they receive the gift and they speak in tongues, you see the look in their eyes, only God could have done that. When they pray for someone to be healed and they are healed in front of them or healed a few days later, only God could have done that. When they pray for provision, for protection, a miracle occurs, only God could have done that and they glorify God. It is super real. You know, we, uh, I sat down in, in uh, the circus. Who, who's been to a circus here? Mm. Mostly the young kid, isn't it? You go to a circus or you take the kids. Because that's what you do, don't you? I mean, uh, real adults don't go to circuses. <laughs> so you sit down, you iron all about circuses. Okay. It's a circus without animals. Circus are real. One of the things are no animals at all. It's all people. What happens, it starts, you're just sitting there and suddenly it starts. A bit of music comes in and people come into the middle of the big top. And some are dressed normally like this, what we call this normal dressing. Some are just walking around with suits and some of them are on mobile phones and they're just walking around, talking to each other. And others are dressed up in all sorts of exotic costumes. And they just start walking around. And you think, yeah, okay. And then these some normal, some of it strange, some exotic, some mobile phone type people start slowly revealing themselves as to what they can do. The music changes. Suddenly, uh, the person who looked totally normal becomes an amazing acrobat, doing things where people go, wow! The audience that was even sort of settling down the kids and putting away the drink and chatting to each other, suddenly people are going, wow, whoa, look at that. And people are doing flicks and up in the air and shooting up on ropes and no safety net below and being let go and someone picking them up at the last moment. It looks surreal. And you can hear people, and I was talking to myself and to Wendy about, what's this thing, how do they do that? And there are no mirrors. It's not a Martin Gladish sleight of hand going on here, okay? Although Martin is quite surreal sometimes. But you can see suddenly everyone is focused on what these people can do. And there came a point where the two most normal people who were walking around, they were just in suits, they're walking around, suddenly from the top of the big top comes down an amazing machine. Everyone else disappears, and these two guys are still walking around on their mobile phones. This big machine comes down, and it's got, oh, I'll never explain this, but it, it's got two open barrels on it. Okay, you with me? 
And these barrels is a great big gimbal and a support. And it comes down onto the ground. And these men get into the barrels in their suits. And they put away their mobile phones. Now the barrels are very narrow, have no sides to them, and are big enough for a man to stand up in them. And the machine goes up in the air, and they are 30 or 40 feet up in the air, suspended on these barrels. The other thing about these barrels, they're not solid. They're made out of wire mesh. And the men take off their jackets, and they start to walk inside the barrels. And the barrels start to spin around 30 or 40 feet above the air. And they're walking. Everyone's going, yeah, that's interesting. It's okay. It's just like when you become a Christian and you say to someone, well, I went along to this little church and, and they speak right from the Bible. And they say, yeah, that's interesting. That's different. I can't remember when I last went to church. But that's nice. So, yeah. And... Um, I heard speaking in tongues. It's amazing. Yeah, that's nice for you, but I've never heard of that. And I, I got baptized, because it says in the Bible I've got to get baptized. It says I've got to be dipped in water as an answer of good conscience toward God. Well, that might be okay for you. You know, I'm sure it didn't do you any harm. And there are these guys in these barrels. They're just walking along. And the barrels are suspended. Now they start to run. They're running inside the barrels, which are made of wire mesh. If they take one step to the right or left, they fall 30 or 40 feet. And they're running in this sort of suits. They've got their jackets on. That's all right. That's amazing. You know, I went to this meeting and the singing was fantastic. You don't hear singing like that in a church. People sang as though they thought they really meant it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's really good. These guys are running. Now what happens? The gimbal starts to spin. It's a huge gimbal. It's about, see those doors there? Over to Achilles' piano, or who he was playing? It's a metal gimbal. It starts to go like this. Now the barrels are revolving. Okay? You got this? And these guys are in it running. And the barrels are revolving, and the gimbal's revolving. Hey, that's surreal. Okay? How do they do that? And the person will go back and they say, look, I went to this church and uh, oh, there's amazing things. They quote right from the Bible and they rely on every verse. And uh, they all speak in tongues. And they all say the same thing. That's amazing. But it's okay for you. Let's go to Hebrews 11. It's a very short performance today, folks. We've heard that before, that's it. But there's um, no intermission. Actually, there is. Hebrews 11. Who likes circuses, by the way? Who likes a circus? Oh, gosh, I'm in trouble now. I know I like circuses. <laughs> okay, I like... Well, I used to be kind of like a... Um, oh, circuses, you know? By this stage, watching this, I was like hooked. And what I'm telling you about now is only a fraction of what these people were doing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith 
is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. That is surreal. That is super real. That is beyond reality. What he's saying is, what the Lord is saying is, that all this is made around here, including us, was made of something that you can't see. It was made by something or someone who you cannot see. It was made by spirit. It was made by God speaking. Now, do you believe that? Or do you not? Now, it only becomes active in your life if you believe it. If you choose not to believe it, it will never become active in your life. But if you believe that, that this whole world, this whole universe, was created by a God called love, who spoke, and it happened, you take a step from reality to super-reality. But you've got to believe it to make it happen in your life. If you don't believe it, it will still happen in other people's lives. It still exists. But if you do not believe the evidence of your eyes or your ears or your heart and your soul and your mind, it will not happen for you. You will be blind to it. You know, these guys were going around on this gimbal. This gimbal's now spinning and they are running in it in the barrels. Now, to me and to everyone around me, that couldn't be so. That was just too dangerous. That was just not on. You can't do that. You get flung out by tangential force. If you made one mistake, you plunge to your death. There's no safety harness, nothing. Do you know what? They were absolutely fixed. You watched them, the young guys, and they were just looking straight ahead and running because they knew by experience, by training, by trust, and by belief that it could be done. Were they madmen? No. But they looked like madmen. Are Christians madmen? No. But they can look like madmen, can't they? They're often accused of being madmen. Like we've gone crazy. And if you looked up at that and said, no, that's just not happening, I'm sorry, the circus would become boring, it would become irrelevant, you'd start looking at your watch, you'd maybe go out for a coffee, I'm going to check the car, you would leave. You know what they did then? This thing's spinning around. You know what they did? They got out of the barrels while they were spinning around. They climbed up onto the outer edge of these barrels which are spinning. Now they're on the edge of the barrels, running on the top of the barrels, which are going round and round and round. <sighs> and everyone's going. You see guys reaching for the, let's get the ambulance now. <laughs> you know, you come along to a Christian church and people think you've gone mad when you start talking about the miracles and the gifts and people's lives transformed and I received the Spirit and suddenly, I'm going to live forever. I am going to live forever. I am immortal through the Spirit of God and the grace of God. This mortal frame is going to be transformed 
I live forever. You are mad. That cannot be so. That defies logic. It defies imagination. It defies belief. And yet it is so. Just like those guys on that gimbal, it defied imagination, it defied logic, it defied the senses, it defied belief. And they were on the edge of spinning barrels running for their lives as the gimbals span round. And it wasn't all over. You know, if you're a Christian, as we heard in the gifts, I'm going to pour blessings upon you and more blessings upon you and blessings you cannot contain beyond your own belief. And the world will call you mad. And the world will call you illogical. And it doesn't add up. And it cannot be. But that's the quality of Hebrews 11. By faith. We are justified by faith. We walk by faith. Those guys on those barrels, in the natural sense, were only up there by faith. They knew they could do it. And how many times did they do it? Was this a once I to do this, shock the world, and retire and be a bank clerk. They were doing it three times a day. Day after day, every day, season after season, that's what they did. That's what Christians are like. You don't come to one meeting receive the Spirit, wow, that was good, and then go back to what you were doing. You can't live like that and expect to have the blessings, expect to amaze people, expect that people say, wow, what's different about them? Wow, how do they do that? I've never heard of that. We are like circus performers. We are like a wandering community that does surreal things, amazing things, Things that people cannot believe, and yet they are true. What is truth, said Pilate to Jesus. And Jesus just looks straight back at him. If you want to know what truth is, look at me. If you're evangelizing in the street and someone says, what is truth, you don't even have to answer. You should just have to look straight back at them. And they should see Christ in you and glorify God. We go to um, Mark, Gospel of Mark. Maybe there, folks. You know what Christianity does is offer the impossible dream that we live forever, and not just in the context of this world. If we were stuck here on this planet, in this state, in this condition for the rest of eternity. He might get a bit afraid. But what Christians are offered, given, guaranteed, promised, is eternal life and joy and peace. Now our sister Margaret is asleep and she is guaranteed that promise. Because she, like any other saint, walking faithfully before the Lord, is a surreal person, is super real, has gone beyond what you could possibly imagine as a natural man or woman. Walked in the Spirit, lived in the Spirit, sleeps in the Spirit, 
rise again by the Spirit. Surreal. But no less true than these guys going round and round on this gimbal, running on the outside of barrels, and people going, that's not right, that can't happen, how do they do that? Still true. No less true, because people can't believe it. Mark 10, in verse 23, And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. That was because in those days, what Jesus had said was something surreal. Because in those days, everyone believed from the beggar in the gutter, right up to the wealthiest man, right up to Herod, all the Jews believed that wealth indicated whether or not you were blessed of God. Okay? If you were a wealthy man, God had blessed you. You were good. You were chosen. You were going to live forever or be blessed forever by the Lord. If you were a beggar, it's because you were a sinner and wicked and you die in your sins and go down into the pit. And Jesus just said the opposite. He turned the whole thing on its head. How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. We did an outreach yesterday in Richmond. That's hard, hard territory. As you saints know, Richmond is one of the wealthiest suburbs in the whole of Britain. And Richmond is one of the hardest suburbs to evangelise in the whole of Britain, I would guess. You get people who look so confident in their riches, so wealthy, they just sort of like that. They won't hit you or physically hurt you or curse you or swear, but they just look at you as though you are beneath their feet. And they just sort of mock you. They look at the, the thing and doubt God. And on they go. With their Prada this and their Gucci that and their... Mind you, government got them, the, the Richmond Council get them today with the old Chelsea tractor thing. Yeah. Mind you, this is not a political statement. <laughs> but riches make it hard for people to see. They blind people. In verse 26, uh, sorry, verse 25. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Oh, that's pretty heavy. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? You know, Christians should produce this effect on people, that we astonish people out of measure. Just like these guys, up on this gimbal, going round and round and round, running on the barrel. But you know what they are then going to do? They haven't finished yet. Picture this, folks. The gimbal. 30, 40 feet up, spinning around. The barrels are spinning around. They're on top of the barrels, outside, running for their lives. Now what do they do? They jump off. They leapt like this in midair. And everyone was like, that's it. <laughs> He's going to ring who first? And they plunged down. Do you know what they meant when they plunged down? 
the other barrel coming up. And as the other barrel came up, they reached out, grabbed hold of it, spun round, and came up on it and kept running again. And everyone's going, what? what was that? Okay, they wouldn't do that again. So they did it again. Leaping into midair, plunging down, picking up the next barrel, spinning around on it, jump, keep going. Then, hold on, where are we? Oh yes, in verse 27. And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. You know, when you're a Christian, all things are possible because of God, not because of you. Like those men in the circus were actually doing things that people were prepared to believe that they looked impossible, only fleshly things. It wasn't a trick. It was training. It was faith. It was focus. It was strength. It was working together. It was trusting one another. Because you know those gimbals? In the end, we worked out. So I said to Wendy, you know, the machine. She says, not a machine. Those men are driving the gimbals themselves. Because as they ran and that weight, their weight would push it down, and then the other one, they were driving the machine. They worked the machine themselves, and it spun at an incredible speed. And they trusted one another. Now they did something that Christians have to do. When think, you, you do something, okay, they leapt into space, and they could see the other barrel coming up, and they could grab it, right? And that was just, no. Okay? I was happy when they're inside the barrel running around. Now they're going to do something else. It looked absolutely impossible. Okay? You know what they're doing? They're running on the barrels again, the barrels are spinning, they're making the gimbals go round and round, and then they just jump up into the air so they're completely blind. And what they were waiting for is for the gimbal to spin right round and appear back beneath their feet again. And that's what they did. They just jump into the vertical. No wonderful swan dive so you can see the barrel coming up from beneath you. But now they can't even see it. They've got to trust that after so many seconds the gimbal will be beneath their feet, the barrel. So they jump up, vertical, and there's the barrel. And they're running. Could you bear to watch that? Everyone knows to see an accident. <laughs> so you could. You couldn't keep your eyes off it. You know, we hope that when people come to a meeting, they see something that is so different, so amazing, so wonderful, that they can't keep their eyes off it. You know what the pity is? Most people will. It's too good to be true. It's too easy. It's free. Just like those tickets. Do you want to go to the circus? It's free. I was quite happy to get on with my daily routine. Mr. Normal. Mr. Weekend. Same with the gospel. The gospel is offered to everyone. For most people, it's too easy. It's too free. Oh, and it breaks my routine. 
And most people, when they see something, they go to the circus, it's amazing. But they accept the impossible. That looked absolutely 100% impossible, but we knew it was happening. And yet, people come along, they hear speaking in tongues, they, they hear that the Bible can be applied directly to them, that they can, they can live forever by God's Spirit. Oh, impossible. Walking away. Last scripture. Let's go to Psalm 116. Sorry, second to last scripture. Yes, it is 12.15. Psalm 116. Okay, Psalm 116, verse 1. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications, because he hath inclined his ear unto me. Therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. The sorrows of death compassed me and the pains of hell get hold upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then called I upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. The Lord preserveth the simple. I was brought low and he helped me. And if we go to verse 8. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, therefore have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Because in the end, that's what Christians are into, isn't it? We are not here because of the miracles. Christ didn't come to earth because of the miracles. We are not here because of the healings. Christ did not come to earth and hang on the cross because of the healings. They made manifest his glory. Why are we here? We are here because we want to live forever with the Lord. It's called salvation. It is surreal. It's a super real idea. But that's why we are here. And it doesn't matter what happens to us. Listen to the psalmist. I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will amaze people. I will do the impossible. In the midst of whatever I am going through, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I'll be on that spinning gimbal, running on the outside of the barrels. People will be amazed. But the most amazing thing is that they can do the same spiritually. You can leap into space, trusting and knowing that around it comes again, and still you run. You can leap up into the air and count and come down and run before the Lord and know that he will uphold you. You take the cup of salvation. Verse 14, I'll pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Because love is as strong as death. And God is love. And death is conquered. O death, where is thy victory? O grave, where is thy sting? 
He conquered. Just like those guys in that circus. They conquered gravity. They conquered belief. They conquered everything. And they were only one small performance in that circus. I haven't got time. There were things, just amazing things going on. Were they spirits? No. Was it mirrors? No. Were we drugged up and hallucinating? No. And the coffee was okay. How many people go to a circus and come out? I can do that. How many people come out and say, I can do that? How many people come out of a circus and say, I'm going to do that? Shall I tell you who do that? The children. The children come out of the circus and say, one day I will do that. Isn't it wonderful that the Bible says, unless you turn and be converted and become as little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. You're going to have the vision of a child. I can do that. One day I will run away and join the circus. And one day I will spin with the barrels. And one day I'll do everything they did. And I will amaze people too. Same with being a Christian. You've got to be very special. You've got to be like a little child. And how many of those little children who come out of a circus and say, one day I will do that. How many of those little children do that? Some. Not many. But there will always be some. There will always be some. Because the circuses have been going for thousands of years. People have been amazed for thousands of years. Because always there are people with the minds of children, the simple minds, as the psalmist said, who will say, I can do that. And I will do it. And I will finish. I promise you. Last scripture. Acts 2.38 If you're new here today, and you want to know how to be a surreal circus star, you'll have to go down to Sandown Park. But if you want to know how to be a Christian, it's something far more dramatic than spinning in a barrel. Acts 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's free, it's simple, it's obvious, it's clear. It's guaranteed by experience. You can trust experience. For the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from the sun toward generation. It's free, it's simple, it's clear. You can trust it because you can trust experience. And they that gladly received his work were baptized. And the same day they added unto them about 3,000 souls. People have been before you. If you're sitting here today and you're not baptized, people have done it before you. Not many on the face of planet Earth, but a lot. Last thought. 
without the men in the spinning barrels. You know what? It was just like Acts 2.38. Well, guess what? It's very simple. What those guys were doing was very simple. I mean, I'm getting a bit old now. I don't think I could have done it. But what they were mechanically doing was actually quite simple to amaze people. But what it took was trust, confidence, belief, training, and experience. It's all free. Have it here today. Amen. Amen.